Good morning. Walking Max again. And he's on a piss tirade. He's just pissing on everything. The ground, the tree, everything he can find, he's just pissing on. He loves it. Right now, he's, once again, he's licking the floor, trying to get fucking tape for him. Anyway, y'all. So, what can we talk about today? I... I'm getting a little bit bored of current events. There's too much stupid shit. You have <laughs> you have that same broad who's talking about canceling people and now promoting steam inhalation as a cure for COVID. And her smoke screen is always gonna be, oh, what about you? What you got any better ideas, genius? What do you bring to the table? And you know. Doctors and scientists are bound by um, practice (laughs) and liability. And she isn't. She isn't. Her brother can go around talking about dead white people outside the ER. No one's fucking... There's no liability. There's no liability. And also they're selling doob kits, which is basically like steam inhalation kits. And I don't know who's making that money, but whoever is, that's going to a brand new condo in New York. It's going to a beach house. That's (laughs) that's how that shit is. And it's fucking ridiculous. And no one's going to call her out. No one's going to call her out because nobody can. They're going to get a bullet to the forehead. Like I've been saying over and over and over again, that's how this shit works. So those kits probably cost like $100,000 each. It's going to be government money. That's going to get a kickback to her. And then, you know... Her kid, wherever in America it is, because none of these, none of their kids, any of these officials and government people, all of their kids are in America. All of them. So, gonna go over there. <laughs> That's where the money's going. Anyway, I know it's tiring. I'm, I'm tired of myself talking about this stupid shit. Um, I wanted to talk about first moving to the Philippines because it was it was such a fascinating transition to me and it was uh, quick it was very quick uh, I, one day I was in high school I was in the academic decathlon that was my sport I had two sports in high school I had a varsity track and field I ran the 400 and in the 800 and I was like second to last or last every single time but it got on my resume and colleges liked it so there's one the other one was the academic decathlon I was such a nerd that I wanted 10 extra subjects to study outside of school and I wasn't good at school I'm never I've never been smart I've never been good at any of that shit but there's just something about being greedy and amassing knowledge like that that I enjoyed so I'm I'm in I'm in high school I got this girl I had this girlfriend her name was Courtney and she's you know average average looking white girl but she was fun she was fun she had those interesting facts and and the way that she thought was different from everybody else she she knew about 
all that girly shit, but it wasn't at the forefront of what piqued her interest. I, I liked that. I liked that a lot at the time. So we were dating, and then all of a sudden, uh, my dad said that he's going to move to the Philippines, or he brought the proposition to the family. And of course, everyone was like, no, no, we're not. And, you know, over time, over time that no slowly became a maybe, and that maybe eventually became a yes, because at the time, financially, there was more opportunity to be had um, here in the Philippines. And what the fuck is Max doing? I don't know why anybody thought there would be more opportunity to be had in the Philippines. That never fucking happens, but that's what we thought. So I'm there with this girl. I look at her and I tell her, I'm going to move to the Philippines. And you have this awkward moment where it's like, what's going to happen to us? And I was like, fuck that shit. How? We're going to separate. I'm going to be dripping in bitches. Hear this accent? Dripping in bitches. Just kidding. Uh, of course, I, <laughs> I like I do with everything. I stretched it out as long as possible and was crying. Like, I love you. Oh, let me see them titties one more time. Last, actually, last time I saw them titties was prom because I left like two days later and I couldn't sneak in anything. I remember that. That <laughs> it was a. Uh, it was on her parents' couch after prom and uh we're making out and then of course her dad walks in and we're like pretending like we weren't and her dad was pretty cool about that he as a as a dad well granted he was at the time he was dying of bone marrow cancer he's a record producer he's actually uh he's actually the lead guitar in the movie Enter the Dragon, like if you watch that Bruce Lee movie and you hear that funky 70s guitar, that's my ex-girlfriend's dad. He would get checks in the mail and he'd say like, oh, I got a, another check from Paramount. And then his wife would be like, oh, what movie? He's like, I don't know. And I'd always open it, it'd be some wild shit. It'd be like, like Serpico or Enter the Dragon <laughs> or The Abyss. Or contact something weird, some all those cool ass movies. Anyway, so we're on the couch, I'm feeling up in titties, and uh, he he pops up, and he just like looks, and he says, "Oh, did you enjoy the evening?" And I was like, "Yeah, Peter, thank you." And it wasn't even like awkward. It was almost like my ex girlfriend was like, "Ugh, when can he get away so we can continue?" <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. That was funny. She got she had two prom dresses. One for her prom and one for my prom. And I had one tux and one haircut. I'm like, I don't I'm not changing shit. I'm not changing shit except for maybe you got a red dress on, I got a flower. That's the only thing that changed. Anyway, where was I? Titties. Um so yeah, I I I leave for the Philippines. And my college prospects were pretty good. I I got into a San Francisco State's biology program, Cal State University Northridge, places that are 
you know, they're not Ivy League. They're not, it's not UCLA, but I never had grades for UCLA anyway. I wasn't, I wasn't even Asian enough for UCLA or UC Irvine. Actually, I scratched that. I didn't apply to UC Irvine because I was, because, I don't know. Anyway, but San Francisco State. And that was the plan. I was going to go to San Francisco State. My ex was going to go to UC Santa Cruz. It's a, like, it's a couple hours away, like two, three hours. It wasn't bad. And we would meet each other on the weekends or we would get an apartment halfway. Like I had all these ideas in my head, these very American notions of um, how we were going to plan our lives. And of course, like every American in high school have all these plans and we have no sense of how we're going to pay for it. We're just going to borrow money and plunge ourselves a million dollars in debt just to feel like we're fucking grown-ups. Stupid. It's the most retarded shit of all time. But that's what we were going to do. And uh, something in my head clicked. Like, I was agreeing and I wanted this. And, and a part of me even wanted to go to the Marines. That was a, another weird time. Um, because I always, I, my whole life, I've always felt like a fucking pussy. So I wanted to join the U.S. Marines and maybe kill some people to prove to myself that I wasn't. That, hey, that's the truth. But eventually, when I got my acceptance letter to Ateneo de Manila, I, uh, which I'm sure, I'm sure that I only got in because of nepotism. <laughs> which is probably how I've gotten into every school I've ever been to was just knowing someone but when I got that acceptance letter from Ateneo I thought in my head am I gonna stay and go on the same track as I thought I would since junior year in high school with this same girlfriend and same degree just the same or am I going to go across the world and completely experience Asia am I going to go on the other side of the world and 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 enrich myself in a totally different way I ended up doing that I did that I landed got into Ateneo and I, I remember being so culture shocked because like every Filipino American I assessed my coolness factor in high school and I wanted to maximize that in college. There's a reason why every Philam group is so American and so cool and they're so wah out there because they're trying to be a lot cooler than they actually are. <laughs> Myself included. I was 17 years old. I was 17. I was like almost 18. I was in this orientation at a school that I never heard of, Ateneo de Manila. I didn't know anyone. I didn't know what the prestige was. Like I saw the I saw these people who I now recognize as like heads of industry, celebrities, singers, billionaires, and billionaires' kids, these famous professors that are published globally. And I just looked at it the same way I would look at say, San Francisco State or Cal State Northridge. Like, yeah, you're a professor. Yeah, you're just normal people. Because in, in, when you grow up in America, you're not really instilled with that class structure. 
you're not really instilled with with or the notion that the people you're going to school with, unless it's fucking Harvard or some shit, the people you're going to school with are of a different ilk and a different echelon than you. It didn't cross my mind. They were just like people. Like, oh, okay. A lot of white people in this school. Oh, okay. A lot of Chinese people in this school. Okay. And that's what helped me. That's what helped me. I just kind of weaved through the situations by not being intimidated because I didn't fucking know who anybody was. I remember my classmates, they pointed this girl out during orientation. They're like, wow, Drew will talk to fucking anyone. Drew, see, see that girl? Go, go up to her and ask her for help. Because this girl was holding Jollibee and she's a really pretty girl. And I thought it was just like a cute girl challenge. I was like, all right, all right, all right. So I go over there and I talk to her and I say some stupid shit. And I'm like, hi, I'm Andrew. Can I help you with your shit or something? I don't know. Something dumb. And she giggled and she was like deer in headlights. She said, huh? She's like, no, 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 I don't need any help. Thank you. Thank you. Ha ha. Like, like, get away from me, creep. Ha ha. And I go back and my classmates are like, do you know who that was? I'm like, nope. And apparently it was some celebrity. <laughs> they did that a couple times. They wouldn't tell me who it was and they'd tell me to go up and talk to these girls. And, uh, I'm pretty sure that I made an ass of myself in front of, like, internationally recognized talent. <laughs> so that's what they would do to me. Um, while I was in Ateneo, I was a shit student. All I did was get drunk. And that's what I thought college was. Like, I knew that you had to study, but for my Filipino listeners out here, College in America is not hard. It's not. I've reviewed all the things that my friends told me. I've talked to buddies, people that went to college in America. It's a fucking cakewalk compared to the Philippines. The Philippines drills you. They're on your ass. They know who you are. They want you to show up. There's attendance. You have to perform at a high level. There's so much demand from you because they're of the impression, rightfully so in the Philippines, that that's all you're doing. You're only a student. You're not working. You're not doing anything else. You're a student. So the demand is fucking insane. I treated it like it was college in America. Or I show up to a kegger, get fucking drunk, flirt with girls, lie to my girlfriend and say, of course I was studying. And then like, they didn't have video chat at the time. So there wasn't like that where are you where are you they didn't have that shit you could just actually say that my phone was dead like eh, phone was dead so we that's what i thought um i ended up having some pretty wild experiences in in terms of meeting people i remember uh one of the first girls that I met that I actually really, really liked. She was in my uh, English for Foreigners class. Good morning. She was in my English for Foreigners class. And she was, she was half. And she was very pretty. And of course, like, I had a thing. I had a thing. 
I had this whole story about her that I remember creating in my head. I can't, I can't even access that right now. Um, but we would go out and then I would like try to flirt heavy. And the way that I would flirt when I was 17, which is probably similar to how I flirt now, fucking dogs, is just talk and talk and talk and talk and smile and smile and smile and smile and smile until there's a level of reciprocity, then exploit that reciprocity. <laughs> so <laughs> I know, I'm aware. If you're listening to this and I've ever flirted with you, I know exactly how I flirt, so shut up. Um, so with this girl, uh, I take her out to this bar. There's a bar back in the day called Absinthe. And I remember I would go over there and I would buy drinks and we would drink like fucking fish. We would drink Absinthe too, which by the way was 600 pesos a shot. That's like $10 a shot. If you're in America, I know that's not that expensive, but when you're making nothing and you're getting money from mama, that's way too much. You shouldn't do that. So we get fucked up on absinthe, and to this day, there's still an absinthe protocol that I do whenever it's in front of me that I learned when I was with this girl. We'd go home. She would tell me things like, she has a boyfriend <laughs> or a fiance. She's like, I have a fiance. We're just hanging out. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I know. I know, of course. Of course you're faithful. You're just going on a date with a random American guy because uh, you're faithful. Sure. So one night, there's a party that's uh, sponsored by the Ateneo Psychology Department. It was a psych party. And uh, it, was in a, it was in a building called the Burgundy Building on Katipunan. So I go up there, we're talking, we're flirting, and I bring, what's that? I go to the bar. I go to the bar to get a drink, or, and I can't even, I can't even remember this. We're like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> the fuck, Max? Max is at war with some cats. Don't kill the kitties. Fucker. I'm trying to record a podcast, asshole. Anyway, so we're at Burgundy. <laughs> and there's this guy with some tattoos. And uh, I look at him and I say, those are really cool tattoos, bro. Being like really kind of arrogant and loud and very American. And... Um, like, that's a really cool tattoo. And he looked at it and he says, yeah, it means I kill people. And I was like, okay. And I was like, trying to play it cool, of course. And he was like, yeah, all right, totally. Like, it's just a tattoo, you know? And I uh, leave and I get the girl the drink. They're eyeballing me and somebody comes up to me and says, don't you ever fucking talk to us like that. And I was like, whoa, what? Like, don't you fucking talk to us like that. We don't know who you are. You don't belong here. And I was like, ooh. So I try to hurry it up. I try to get that chop, 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 chop. I was like, hey, trying to get out of there. I can't try to get this girl, which by the way, 
we haven't done anything physical, but you feel it. We feel it. We're hanging out a lot. I'm very enamored with her in a weird kind of way. Meanwhile, I'm chatting with that girl, Courtney, which I kind of broke up with, kind of didn't. I was just being a pussy about it. And so we leave. We're trying to get out of Burgundy. And uh, the guy is downstairs. And he's waiting. And I see him. I ignore him. I try to get to the taxi. And one of his friends kind of blocks the way. Starts screaming. Taxis are like, nope, no part of that. And, uh, yeah, they start talking at me. Not, not with me. They start talking at me. And uh, one of the guys who is behind the main person talking comes around and he punches me square in the fucking jaw. Like he starts screaming. And it's every time people in Manila fight, they always have that. It's almost like, <laughs> it's almost like a battle. Guy. Boom. And then they, they, they do the punch. So I get hit in the jaw. It's the first time I'm ever punched in the face. I look around and I fucking throw a punch back at that guy. I get him on the shoulder because I've never been in a fight and they proceed to kick my ass. I got pushed, I got fucked up. I remember eventually getting to the ground because it's three on one at this point. I'm not trained, I'm just trying to get pussy. And they're kicking me in the back, they're kicking me in my head, they're stomping on my legs. There, that, that's, that was fear. Like, I remember in my head, thinking, are they going to really, really fucking kill me? Are they going to kill me over saying something about a tattoo? Meanwhile, the girl that I'm with is screaming, not at them, but at me, like, fight back, you pussy. <laughs> fight back. And I'm there, I'm like, I can't. I can't. So the barrage of kicks stops. It stops, and they tell me to get up. I'm fucking bleeding from my face. I think I cracked a rib. Every time I breathed, the lower part of my right side was just in fucking agony. And I'm on my knees panting. And they're like, you're fucking lucky we didn't kill you right here. So I get up, broken, defeated, fucked up in front of this girl that I'm trying to sleep with. And she starts yelling back at them. She starts yelling at them. She's like, oh, fuck you pussies. Fuck you motherfuckers. Three on one, really? You can't go one on one like a fucking man? I'll fucking take all of you, little bitch ass motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you. And I'm like, I need to get the fuck out of here. I need to get out of here. So I, I, I grab her. I grab her. And we go inside a taxi. And she starts looking at me. And she's like, why the fuck didn't you fight back? Why didn't and I just shook her shoulders? I'm like, look at me. Look at me, bitch. Look at me. And she, she softens up. She softens up and she says, Oh my God, you're bleeding. Oh. And I was like, yeah, no shit. Did you just see that ass whooping I got? No fucking shit, I'm bleeding, ho. I know, I didn't say, I didn't say that. I just looked at her like, like I was pissed. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm bleeding. So we get back to the apartment and she's fired up. And I'm like, not... 
really that fired up. <laughs> I just got my ass beat. I'm not even trying to like get laid. My testosterone went from a million to like zero. And there's so much fucking noise out here. God damn it. So my testosterone went from like a million down to zero. And she's like all over it. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. So I try to pretend, I try to match that energy, and I'm just gonna wait for this fucking truck to pass by. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Anyway. So I'm trying to match her energy. And I, I can't. Like, I'm getting clawed at. I'm getting clawed at. My arms are getting, like, scratched up. And mind you, I just got my ass beat. I just got into a fight. She wants to, like, injure me even more. So I grab her and I fucking push her against the door and I make the door rattle because back I <laughs> I listened back in the day to these dating coaches these pickup artisty people because this is 2007 this is when everyone was a fucking pickup artist but this one actually worked and I've used this before so what you do is that you take you take someone and you find a door and you kind of like push them against it you don't do it hard but a door has enough give where it makes a loud noise and it doesn't really hurt somebody. So you go like, you, you impose your power like, yeah, I got the big dick. So I did that. Meanwhile, I'm like a quarter hard. I'm more of like, I'm, I'm adrenaline dumping. I don't have the facilities to fucking continue. So she's there, she's there. I pull this fucking slam move and she's like, yes, yes. And uh, I'm looking at it. I'm, I'm trying to dig deep. I'm like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Get it up, 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 get it up. And <laughs> we move to the bed. Meanwhile, I have a roommate. My roommate is my cousin, my lady cousin, whose parents eventually kicked me out of that condo because I was such a, I was such a shit roommate. I was such an asshole. So we get back to that room. I'm making animal noises. My cousin's slamming next, like, on the door, saying, like, keep fucking quiet because she has class the next morning. And I'm having trouble. I, now my cousin's involved. Of course I'm not going to get the shit up. So I just, I just fucking finger blast her. I, that's all I did. Like, I, I went down and just got, I, I played DJ until she came. And, and then I, I didn't have the <laughs> maturity to explain that, yeah, I'm going through an adrenaline dump. So right now might not be the time. I know it's really hot for you, but I'm not, I'm not good right now. So I lied and I tried to pretend <laughs> like I put my fingers where my dick would be and I just started pumping and that, um, of course she noticed. Um, and that is what started a three month long drunken relationship would somebody that would show up, we would get hammered, and then we would hook up. And she did really have a fiance. And that really didn't pan out very well. And I endangered the lives of, you know, some of my best friends because of that stupidity. So afterwards, um, we're on the bed. She doesn't even say anything about the fucking finger shit. She just is lying down, staring at the ceiling, thinking, 
um, probably thinking, what the fuck am I doing? It's, it's probably the worst experience that she's had. That's very, that's so egotistical of me. Like in my brain, I'm thinking I gave her the worst experience. I don't know what the fuck happened to her. So we're on this bed and, uh, we're kind of chatting. I'm, I'm exhausted because I just got my ass beat and I just faked sex. And, uh, she starts telling me about, uh, a little bit about her past, which <laughs> she starts telling me that, uh, she grew up in the Middle East and, uh, her dad was part of the, uh, was old, very old. And he was part of the Nazi youth program. And, uh, she never, uh, got over, or he never got over what happened and she was explaining how he had like a whole basement full of Nazi memorabilia and I listen to this and I'm looking at her and I'm trying to assess like whether or not her attractiveness is worth this kind of crazy and I'm like yeah yeah totally totally she starts saying wild shit about the Jews and I'm like I grew up with Jewish people like I fucking love the Jews and I was, I was like uh-huh uh-huh sure and I didn't know what I was doing I didn't know what I was doing I barely knew where I was my cousins pissed at me and and I'm just sitting in shame defeat and now confusion she starts saying she starts proceeding to tell me about not her current fiance but her ex-boyfriend and how that really got her into blood play so she was like yeah 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 um so what we would do is that we would like cut each other and uh we would drink the blood and then that's what we would do before we had sex and i was like whoa okay all right and just things in my brain are i'm not adding up the red flags because this is quite possibly the most physically attractive person that I've been with, and I'm 17, and I'm stupid. And I'm looking at her, agreeing, like, oh, yeah, t- ooh, wow, huh, that's interesting. And, and mind you, th- this during this whole thing, like, I had another friend who would show up at the condo with her boyfriend, and they were international school kids, and what they would do is that they would go on the balcony, and uh, they'd be smoking cigarettes, and the dude, what he would do is that he'd get the lighter and he'd let it sit for like 20, 30 seconds, and then he would brand his girl, and she would go, <laughs> and then they'd make out. These are the people that I that I that I started hanging out with, and mind you, two months prior, I'm I'm on a couch after prom with with a, an incredibly sweet girl in a very normal life in American suburbia thinking about what I'm going to do in college and I I'm 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 wondering where my future's going I know what I want to do but I also wanted a party I had no idea where I was going and what I was getting into and I ended up getting thrusted into the weird, weird world of international school kids at a very young age. Whew. So, yeah, that story's de- <laughs> that's definitely a Me Too story. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know if I should have said this story. But that's that's the truth. That's what happened. And, and my decisions 
during the situation echoes even to today. Like there are things that I worry about today because of what happened when I was 17. And uh, the conclusion to the story, I don't even know if I should make a podcast about it because it, it involves, it involves, it involves violence, deportation, attempted murder, um, pulling government strings, trying to get somebody at point blank gun range onto a plane to get out and they never come back to the Philippines. All that happened. And, uh, yeah, maybe I will, maybe I'll talk about that. But anyway, Max is okay. He didn't get killed by the stupid cat. He's asleep right now because he's old. And uh, I'm going to study. Mind you, I'm still in medical school. (laughs) I have shit to study. So anyway, thank you for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. I hope you liked my rant. And have, uh, yeah. Don't know how to conclude this. Bye.